stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. And I will be one of your hosts for this hour. And with us today, we also have co-hosting Jenny Firmer, who is the, uh, Jenny, I'm going to say your executive director, is that correct? Associate executive director. Associate executive director. I will be the executive director in July of next year. Okay, I'm just doing it. I'm rushing to the post. (laughs) (laughs) Associate executive director of Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services in West Palm Beach, Florida. Jenny, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And we're always delighted also to have Valerie Wright, CEO of Wright Ideals Unlimited. And Valerie and Jenny are both based in West Palm Beach, Florida. So thank you, Valerie, for being with us as well. Thank you. I'm always excited to join these two masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited about this month's topic. Great leadership yes. starts with me, knowing self before leading others. And our title of today's episode, so to speak, our focus point is... Leadership in your success, what's your personality got to do with it? So uh, that's what we're going to be asking you to send us in questions um, and comments regarding, and that's what we'll be kind of having our conversation um, concerning this hour as well, and our hope will be that through this process you'll come up with some strategies and tips to um, implement for your own success. So thank you to all of our listening audience for joining us today. Valerie, have you received any questions as of yet? I have probably a good starter question. It comes from Paul in Wisconsin. Paul say, what are personality traits for leadership? Hmm. What are personality traits for leadership? For leadership, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Paul, I would say there aren't, there's not one set of traits, so to speak, for, um, for leadership. I think that our personality and what we bring, our energy, those things we notice, how we put it all together, how we go about doing what it is we do when we find out and notice things. I mean, I think all of those pieces of who we are help us with regards to um, our effectiveness as leaders, but it doesn't dictate how effective I am or I am not going to be. What really makes the biggest difference is if I know what I'm bringing to the interaction and I'm in tune with those around me and I'm in tune with what's required of me so I can effectively figure out how do I use what I do have. I think the biggest challenge is when we don't know 
um, what it is we bring. And we're not mindful about how we impact others and situations that we find ourselves in. That's kind of like my um, thought in kind of starting the conversation. But Jenny and Valerie, I invite you to share yours as well. I'll jump in there because I think that one of the traits, and maybe it's an attribute, um, is that I do believe leaders need vision. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that, uh, you know, they, Warren Bennis talks about how leaders articulate and define what really needs to happen within an organization, not how it happens, but what the vision is, and where the organization is going in terms of direction. And so leaders can be at any level because I think vision is one of those attributes or traits that um, help provide that strong sense of direction and can articulate and define, whether it's through metaphors or models or however, but communicate the direction of an organization or a program. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, thank you, Jenny. And, you know, um, Valerie, I'm going to invite you to ju- jump in from in a moment, but I will say um, that um, I think that there are some personality um, cognitive processes that support some in engaging in. If we look at an instrument like the Myers-Briggs, it are um, yeah, where those who are stronger in introverted intuiting mm-hmm. may do visioning easier. I kind of move away from the word trait when I think of visioning, though, because I think of visioning as a function, as a cognitive process that anyone, regardless with regards to their um, personality style that they can engage in, if they ask themselves some questions about the future, if they ask them, you know, what do I hope for? <clears throat> What do I hope for? And, you know, let me imagine then what that looks like two years from now, three years from now. What, do, what am I hoping for? I can put myself in a space where I am um, visionary in my cognitive processing. So for myself, Paul, where I really, um, where I kind of really honed in on is this word trait. And, and traits for me are different than um, those things that we all have the ability, so to speak, to do. We may have we may have predispositions to do certain things easier than others based on how we're fashioned. But I would not think that that person who tends to be more tactical can ask themselves questions that allows themselves to go to a space where they are more visionary. They can train themselves to be more strategic. And in fact, over a period of time, we actually do develop and grow if we allow ourselves to do so, do or even if I happen to be initially much more grounded in what I see and hear and taste and touch, which would be much more sensing. If, again, I look at something like the Myers-Briggs or temperament, um, that sensor can, over time, um, and will over time, if they allow themselves to go through their natural process of becoming more balanced and grounded, become more what Jenny is talking about, because I 100% agree with Jenny, and that is vision, I think, is critical. Um, what I don't want Paul to walk away with thinking is that some people have it and some people don't. I think some people have easier access to it than others, but everyone can tap themselves and um, you know to getting into that space of what do I hope for, um, and asking themselves cognitive questions about the future that allows them to think in a visionary way. Um, Valerie, I want to kind of bring you into this conversation as well. 
Sure. Uh, I'm going to throw it back at you, but I'm going to do it with something I read online that I'm not as um, uh, familiar with that I think would be an interesting answer to Paul's question. Mm-hmm. I read about um, personality traits, five dimensions of it, and they talked about extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, mm-hmm. eroticism, and openness, and how those impact um, a leader in terms of their personality in leading. Are you familiar with that research Research around those five dimensions, you or Jenny, have you? You know, I'm familiar with the big five, which was that, what that sounds like from the workplace. That's a, that's another, um, mm-hmm. that is another um, instrument that we sometimes use. It's called workplace big five. Okay. I'm not sure of that particular study that you're talking about. I have to hear more. But those sound like, um, those sound like dimensions from that, um, Instrument, Jenny, are you? Do you have yeah, that, they also refer to that as ocean. I understand. Ocean. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So I think any of those instruments. You know, I mean, I think any of the uh, any of those um, things to which we actually look at um, dispositions and preferences. Mm-hmm. I guess my point is, it's important to understand and know ourselves. Okay. Okay. Um, and so that I can manage myself, but it does not stop me from being able to balance out and ground. You know, our traits become challenging, so to speak, or our preferences become challenging when we overdo them. If I don't overdo it and I do it in a moderate way, then it feels like a gift. It feels like helpful to me and others. It's typically when those traits are overdone that become that become problematic. Now, certainly you have personality disorders, and I'm not talking about personality disorders, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about our predispositions where we have certain cognitive preferences, so to speak. Um, more from you, Jenny, or Valerie on that? Well, you mentioned, um, Cheryl, earlier about, for example, Myers-Briggs, and maybe it would be really helpful to talk about Myers-Briggs as right. an instrument. Um, because I think while there are, as you mentioned, Valerie, um, the ocean or those kind of big five traits, what I happen to like about Myers-Briggs is that it talks about not just the individual traits, but how we, for example, process information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a kind of a gestalt. It's not just... Mm-hmm. a way of looking at you score X here and X there, and therefore this is who you are. Right. Yeah, I actually tend to like Myers-Briggs, too, because you can, uh, from Myers-Briggs, you can get temperament, interaction styles, and cognitive processes. So it is a wonderful um, instrument for taking a very good um, look at how a person's personality may be impacting their leadership. So we can do that. We can actually look at that as a framework and maybe discuss for our listening audience, for those who aren't as familiar with the Myers-Briggs, what those dichotomies are that are on there and then how those then may impact a person's leadership style. Um, Valerie, is that something? Did you have another thought that you wanted to share before we did that? No, that's fine. I, I think that's a good place to go. What I, I was trying to be more concrete in, a, in, a, in talking about traits because I think that's a broad 
kind of turn when in in response to Paul's question, trying mm-hmm. to give a more focused look, and I think MBTI is a good way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, why don't we start with maybe that, that um, first dichotomy, which most people are familiar with, and that's extroversion and introversion, and then we can go to each one of them and think about how might they actually um, help a person's leadership style, and how might, if it's overdone, it become a challenge for someone's interaction style. And why don't we start off with extroversion? And then starting off with extroversion, you might want to start off with extroversion, or you want me to, to roll on it? What do you? You can roll. Jenny, <laughs> you want me to roll, or you want to roll? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so that first um, dichotomy, when we're looking at the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is a really popular worldwide uh, tool that's used to look at personality preferences and helps us to understand some of the why and the hows behind behavior. Um, Extroversion and introversion, the first dichotomies, really look at a person's preferences as relates to how they get energized and take in energy. Those who have a preference for extroversion will tend to have a preference for taking in their... um, or he's just really getting energized from engaging with the world around them. And uh, those who tend to have a preference for um, introversion will tend to get much more energized when they can have some alone time and an opportunity to really um, engage in reflection and uh, maybe disconnect for mm-hmm. some time. Um, I think so, there are, so can uh-huh. I make a comment about oh, that? please do. So how I think about this is that all of us within our roles, within our organizations, um, have to be in environments where we really have to be deep thinkers and have to use our energy to think deep and be alone and kind of do those energized activities. But then we also have to be out in the community either raising money or trying to, uh, you know, get contracts going and um, mm-hmm. looks like we're going to actually have to take a, a break. Yeah. So, Jenny, when we come back, okay. I'm going to ask you to continue. And we're going to talk and then hopefully make it real concrete for others to look at how these factors and maybe even begin to think about, you know, select as we discuss what their um, preferences may be and how that might be showing up in their leadership style. And is it working for them, working against them? And, again, how might it also be for those that they may be um, even coaching or leading. So we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. Chief. 
Her email address is drg at innovations.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G. from the Neighbors House Association of San Diego, California, bringing you greetings along with Jenny Firmer from Alper Jewish Family Children's Services in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Valerie Wright, CEO of Wright Ideals Unlimited, also based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Jenny, before we went to break, mm-hmm. you were sharing a little bit about some thoughts on the yeah. E. Well, I I was actually thinking about how this really begins to become real for potentially someone. If they understand themselves, and I know we're going to go through more of kind of descriptive words of what an introvert or an extrovert are, but we all have parts of our job where it's okay to be the introvert if that's where we naturally feel most comfortable, but then we also have to figure out how to be the extrovert. And I was thinking to myself that I know a co-worker who's really an introvert, but when, you know, at a fundraiser, for example, or when negotiating a contract and having to be in a room with other people, walks out of that room and is so depleted of energy that they need to kind of find a cave whether it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes, to re-energize themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what I would like to do is step back, and I think for our listening audience, just to provide a little bit of structure, and Paul, thank you so much for kind of getting us down this path. <laughs> I'm thinking we'll, we will explain for those who don't know what each of these dichotomies are that we're talking about, what they are, so they can maybe identify where they might see themselves. And um, and then talk about that a little bit more contextually as relates to leadership and how it might help or hinder 
as we're moving through that process. We'll still keep the lines open, though, for anyone to join the conversation as well as ask questions that might, you know, maybe um, take us on a different path. But uh, to start out, let's go back to the extroversion and introversion, which is that first um, dichotomy on the Myers-Briggs type indicator when we're looking at, you know, just energy, sources of energy. Where do we get them from? And... um, for those who tend to have more of what we call E, extroversion, you might recognize that in yourself if you happen to be that person in social settings that are kind of initiating um, and introducing people, finding yourself being a little bit more expressive and easier to kind of know what's on your mind, self-revealing. Perhaps you're that person who's pretty gregarious uh, in the group and um, very active and interactive and how you go about engaging and very enthusiastic or somewhat enthusiastic and lively. And, again, this is on a on a continuum, so you may find yourself really out there, just maybe slightly more so than introversion. And on the introversion side of that scale, one might find themselves more in the receiving when it comes to social Settings. They tend to be responders to what's initiated in the world around them. Maybe a little harder to get to know and harder to read because facial expressions may not be as expressive, maybe a little more contained or a lot more contained. Might be that person, you know, if you seek one-on-one contact and intimacy and you're at that social gathering and you're in your preference is not so much to be in the large circle, but to kind of join one person in the corner and have a little chit-chat, or you find yourself in the meeting wanting some space to be reflective before you really share, or even just that's the space you go to um, just to, you know, get better understanding of what's happening in the world around you. It's more, more so going to think it within versus talk it outside or process with others. And really... Find yourself with more of a preference for calm and solitude and perhaps seeking more to be in the background. may find yourself more in that introverted space. I think Jenny started us in a great space of thinking about how these might play out in the workplace with regards to, um, you know, there may be certain tasks that might fit our preferences very easily and there may be other tasks that we may have to pull back our energy or push out our energy. I might have to pull it back if I'm an extrovert and perhaps push it out if I'm more of an introvert. You know what? The, there, I hear a lot of fumbling on someone's phone, a lot of static in the background, just FYI, just to, um, you know, just to kind of get in that zone for yourself with regards to your energy. So what might be some examples, um, Jenny or Valerie, if someone who tends to be more introverted their introversion might really be a good thing for their leadership style. Anything you can think of, how introversion can help a person's style? And let me just say this before we go there. Again, is we have preferences or we're not stuck in our preference. We want to understand and know our preference so that we then have the flexibility to flex when we need to flex and to really use our preference when it's to our advantage. So, um, Jenny or Valerie, what about your thoughts with regards to how introversion, introversion might be a nice thing for a leader. When might, when might it be helpful? I, I think it's, it's really helpful when there are certain kind of tasks to be done that require um, a lot of thought and quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it also is helpful uh, when we're wanting to draw information out in others, wanting to coach others, really 
uh, being in that space where you can kind of create a space for others to share and you're okay um, being in that listening mode so that the leaders who tend to have a natural inclination toward receiving, uh, it may make the listening role a little easier. And that's a good point, Cheryl, because I think that some people think of, of introversion as alone time. Hmm. And mm-hmm. not necessarily alone time, but mm-hmm. it is a a process by which someone feels that they don't have to be putting out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very okay being the onlooker and reflective and drawing others in and supporting what others have to say and contribute. Yeah, I think it's a mentoring role is, is a good one, too, in terms mm-hmm. of, again, you go into the space of listening um, and guiding, not having to direct and um, be more outgoing, but allowing conversations to happen with your mentee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it can also be very helpful, the calm that, that can come from that person who's that introverted leader. Um, very often chaos may be going on all around us, but they yeah. can bring calm because they're calm and, that, and don't maybe overreact to everything else that's swirling. So the world may be swirling and others may be spinning and they are able to uh, project a sense of calmness that allows people to focus and um, kind of get a little bit more centered to move forward. So I think the calmness that our um, introverts can can bring can be helpful. Mm-hmm. How about, um, why don't we look at um, how extroversion can be helpful and then maybe look at how both of them might be a little challenging in some ways too. So how about extroversion? Why not extroversion be helpful for leaders? Yeah, I think when you have to do... Um, engage in a lot of conversation, uh, facilitating meetings um, where you're engaging people and you're front and center and you have to give a lot of energy to keep the process going because you've got to get your energy outside of yourself in that instance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that might be a good um, where extroversion to show up. Yeah, it might, na- might naturally be helpful. When else might extroversion be helpful? I think when, and maybe you said it, I would say it slightly differently, when you have to take charge. Mm-hmm. 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 And when you want to maybe create a sense of urgency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of directing that energy for that outer world to create that. Or if you want to process out loud, if you have people in your inner group and you're really wanting to just kind of do that brainstorming and um, get the juices flowing in a very um, active way, then the extroversion might create some enthusiasm too. In fact, the enthusiasm that can sometimes come from that higher energy can can create some energy in others and a sense of urgency to move things forward. Mm -hmm. When might, um, let's say, extroversion be challenging for leaders? And then we'll say when might introversion be challenging how about some challenging things about extroversion well i think if you have people in the room and your your personality is over well i shouldn't say overshadowing but when you're you're front and center consistently others may especially if they're introverted they may not be as likely to engage in conversation because they sometimes need to be drawn out so i Mm -hmm. think you know when you're in a conversation where you really want to hear and need other voices, 
um, I think extroversion might be challenging for you. Yeah, so knowing when to pull back to let others in. If yeah. I'm, I'm smiling. You can't see it, but I'm really smiling because <laughs> I think where it's, you know, for many people that I know who are introverts, it's when those introverts want to focus on their inner world. Mm-hmm. But they're they're like in an environment or a situation where they really need to be focusing on that outer world. Mm-hmm. 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 So that can be challenging with regards to if I happen to be the extroverted leader, I need to be in tune mm-hmm. with the fact that I have others who might be able to contribute their best if we just give everyone a moment of quiet yes. and then go back to the conversation. Do we need to take a moment of reflection so mm-hmm. that people can kind of think about it and then move back in and if I happen to be the introvert it may be challenging if I happen to have no control over whether or not that reflection is coming and yet I need to be able to contribute sooner or Mm -hmm. my voice or those who I'm who's looking to me to lead and create opportunity for them voices may not be heard Mm -hmm. if I um, don't lean into the discomfort sometime of sharing sooner then I might be comfortable with um, simply because the processing is happening in the room outside and if I disengage to Stay solely in my world, I might miss contributing to the outer world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful. You started out saying, Cheryl, how important it is for us to know ourselves really well mm-hmm. and to know where our energy flow is is uh, most comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also when you're in a leadership position helpful to really be sensitive to trying to learn, even if it's not through this type of uh, inventory, personality inventory, just get a sense of people that you're working with mm-hmm. and really pay attention to where they seem to be most comfortable given their energy flows. Mm-hmm. So really understanding ourselves in relation to others. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we're going to continue this process of really looking at, we'll share some information, have have us all examine then where might I be and how might that be helpful, how might that be challenging, and um, looking at that again in relation to others in our leadership style and success. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. 
Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Before we went to the break, we were talking about introversion and extroversion and some of the ways that it may be helpful in our leadership style and how might it be somewhat challenging for us. And again, we're emphasizing that there's no one right um, way uh, to lead. Really, it's about me understanding myself in relation to the others in the world around us and understanding and knowing that, you know, even though I have a preference, I'm not stuck in that preference. I have the ability to flex my style to meet the needs of others around me and the situations. But in order to be able to flex something, we have to have enough awareness of it so that we can manage ourselves appropriately. Um, and I know on break we kind of talked about wanting to emphasize that. Valerie or, or um, yeah, Jenny, before we continue, is there anything else you want to add about that point? No, I want to get to some of the other dichotomies. Okay, very good. Let's talk about the sensing and the intuiting dichotomy. Uh, Sensing is really focusing on that which we perceive. It's kind of noticing. With extroversion and introversion, it's where we get our energy from. When I get enough energy, then I want to take in information from the world around me. Those who have a preference for sensing will tend to do that through their five senses, so what's concrete, what's literal, what's practical, what's experiential, what's kind of customary and traditional. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I want to build upon it, the know and the known, whereas those who have a preference for intuiting, they have a preference for taking in information much more through patterns and interrelationships of how things, how they've experienced things. So it must be much, made me much more comfortable living in that world of abstract, imaginative, very conceptual, theoretical, and maybe didn't ever experience something at all. It's all about, you know, what they've imagined and being very original and unconventional in some ways, um, in the, in the space in which they may see connections or see things because of the interconnectedness in which they experience the world. How might those who have a preference for sensing or that concrete, realistic, practical, experiential, and traditional world, so to speak, how might that sensing be helpful to a person's leadership style? Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, matters of detail, they are going to be the person who can really help you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would probably want them on a project that requires a lot of attention to details and steps and processes that require that sense of paying attention to um, everything as a book. In a concrete way, you can't be, you know, you have to be focused on what is real and not what is imagined in in a sense. Yeah, so managing the here and now and managing what's next and, mm-hmm. yeah. and the resources 
in this moment. The, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the uh, sensing, quote, sensing people I know just are so uncomfortable with anything fuzzy. Mm-hmm. It's that clarity that you describe, Valerie, that is so mm-hmm. important to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they help to bring it because that's up yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that can be yeah. advantage that they will push for yeah. the clarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I, 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 I know we aren't there yet, but I'm sensing. And so sometimes that can be really frustrating to people who are, you know, those uh those uh, concrete details because I, I have an imagination and I'm like, well, I think if we do it this way, we could try it, you know. It's like, no, it really doesn't make sense. Pay attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's actually go there. Let's talk about the intuition. Those who have more of a preference for the abstract, the imaginative, the conceptual, the theoretical, mm-hmm. kind of like the unconventional uh, unusual, one might say, ways of seeing and experiencing the world. I, How I might think, that be helpful? I think the oh, intuitive... Definitely visionary. <laughs> yeah. And I think some of the intuitive, quote, I always say, quote, personality uh, types that I know um, really are able to connect, jo- connect the dots. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they can bring something from how they imagine it to be to something that happened yesterday to let's make it this way now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're they are the what-if people. Mm-hmm. They're not bound by what has always been and what, is conve- what convention tells us. They're, mm-hmm. they're, their imagination takes them beyond the boundaries Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's a nice way of framing it for both. So the sensors might look more at what is and what's next. The intuitors look at what's possible. And both have great leadership qualities. And, and being able to figure out which world do I, do I live in most then allows me to bring it when it's appropriate and then to also know to reach back. And, you know, if I happen to be this intuitor who's thinking of possibilities, I need to still be able to connect those possibilities to really what is right. and to really be able to either put my energy into thinking about those details or make sure I put someone on my team who's going to ground us in that and hear that voice as well. And likewise with the sensor. If I happen to be the sensor leader and I'm all about very easily remembering what has happened in the past and all what's tried and true and what's happening now and what needs to happen next, do I also have that that um, time that I'm giving myself to think about what's possible or am I bringing to the table those voices of possibility mm-hmm. so that I then also um, do what Jenny started us off in the show with regards to talking about just how important vision is. Those who tend to be intuitors will tend to naturally be thinking about the future and the possibilities for the future and how to create progress from what is to what's possible. And so that visionary energy can very often come from that intuitive space. But if you have an organization of all visionaries, you're not going to get anything done. Yes. yes. Right. So, and that's, I think, goes well, back to well, where you, know, you have well, let's, to. Well, let's step back there because we're not going to say you're not going to get everything done. We're going to say someone has to, some of those visionaries have to be willing to take on the role of the sensors because, as we said, we can yeah. do both. It's uh-huh. just more draining. Some people, are, yeah. those who are having to take on the sensing roles who happen to be intuitors may not be having fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think that ha- that ha- that's where I was going to go. I think that's, we go back to, even though it's a preference, there are moments we have to uh, force ourselves work, work to... Work out a preference. Yeah, yeah work out a preference mm-hmm. and do what is necessary in the moment um, 
when and, it's required. And, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and we I would think be like Jenny if they get to really make a point. Mm-hmm. We're all oh, sorry, talking Jenny, of one another. Point? We're getting excited about this. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> right. I kind of said it that way, really, to make a point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Good. Let's think about the next dichotomy, thinking and feeling. Those with the preference for thinking, they want to make decisions based on, you know, conclusions. It's the logical analysis. The focal point is on objectivity. Again, what's logical, what's reasonable. Maybe challenging with regards to asking a lot of questions and critical and tough-minded and ends-oriented and how they go about then, you know, once we take in information, we have to figure out what we're going to do with it. So the thinking and the feeling is, you know, how do we then develop some conclusions, make some decisions based on what we've taken in. So those with the preference for thinking, those things I just said, logical, reasonable, maybe questioning, critical, tough, mind, it may be associated with that T on the Myers-Briggs. F on the Myers-Briggs is for feeling, and those individuals will tend to be more engaged in, you know, making decisions and conclusions based on how is this going to impact the people, how does this line up with my values, maybe focus more on harmony, being empathic, being compassionate, accommodating, accepting, maybe a little bit more tender and means-oriented in how they go about um, making decisions in the world and coming coming to some conclusions. So. What might be some of the benefits of having that leader who tends to have a preference toward thinking? And what might be some of those benefits for that leader who tends to have a preference toward feeling? Anyone want to talk about thinking first? I think that um, one of the benefits for someone on the team who who is uh, most comfortable with their thinking characteristics or as a preference is that they, for example, see conflict as a natural, normal part of relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So they aren't unsettled by conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think a person who's yes. um, thinking too, uh, using logic, they're going to be able to see what's missing. What didn't we think about? What you know? Because the, they're doing that analysis, they're paying attention. What makes sense? Um, they're go, they're going to be asking the questions. Well, what if you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and which is interesting because then if we talk about then the leadership role and, you know, the the value of that leader who has the feeling, whereas those with the thinking may be thinking, are we, you know, are we missing something? What is it that we haven't thought of? The right. feelers might be thinking, who have we not thought of? Right. Who's important in this decision? You know, yeah. what's, the, um, what's the impact on those who will be impacted by this decision? Right. Mm-hmm. And what are the values? Are there some, are there, you know, what's really important here? So it's not just what is the objective criteria, but then also what's the criteria for how we're going to move this forward, giving the values, the people, the culture. And able to listen to all of those different uh, mindsets or perspectives. Mm-hmm. And the beauty for us as um, comes in for us as leaders in each of these dichotomies, and including this one, is if, again, I understand my preference, my preference happens to be toward feeling. Um, so, you know, I'm going to think about my first screen's about the who and the values, mm-hmm. and then I also know that I have to ground that in some objectivity. Right. Um, and so, and then those who happen to be thinkers, you know, their first thought, thought might be about the criteria that should be used and those things that may have to do more with the objectivity 
community, and if they've rounded out their decision-making style, then they also know that they need to ground it with some empathy as well with regards to how this is going to impact others and with some consideration of the values. And so the beauty is understanding, again, where do I start, but then how do I also make sure that I've surrounded myself with others or I surround myself with a list of questions that also allows me then to round out that leadership style. If I am way over the top with regards to my thinking to the exclusion of using my empathy, then I may find myself with too many um, divides with people, too many divides and culture clashes, too many divides at the social norms to be able to move what it is I'm trying to move forward, forward. Right. And the same thing with our feelers. We can, they can find themselves so grounded in their convictions that um, they can't move they forward either. Stuck. Yes, absolutely. And I, think, I think it goes back to how we started the conversation in the first segment, and that is yeah, uh, leaders need to be self-aware, mm-hmm. uh, understand you know, what their preference is, uh, understand when it may be um, causing them to stumble or when it's not getting them the best results and adjust and balance Mm -hmm. uh, their leadership style Mm -hmm. based on what's happening. So staying conscious, staying, you know, using and leveraging that emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in order to uh, leverage their personality Mm -hmm. for effectiveness. Yeah, and I love that that you said the emotional intelligence because the Fs will tend to have more of a natural inclination to respond to people in situations with the empathic response, and it's important for them to also remember to to process and think and communicate their cognitive response as well. Ts may have a natural inclination to process using their cognitive response, and it's important for them to also think about and express also their empathic responses too. So respond to the emotions as well as the thinking. Um, sounds like we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at J and P on this and the dichotomy for judging and perceiving and how that impacts the leadership styles as well as see if there's an, a question or two we can get in from our listening audience. Stay with us. we we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Health costs companies a lot more than just benefits, premiums, and health plans. Think about the underlying cost with not having healthy employees in the program investing in the future. Creating Wealth Through Health, host Susan Doherty will discuss employee wellness programs, how staying healthy affects the bottom line, and how to get your team engaged in better health as a way of life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. In this final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the J and the P, judging and perceiving on the MBTI. And this is really, let's say, the E and the I taken in, and um, we get enough energy to take in information through our sensing, our intuiting, make some decisions, either through our thinking or feeling. And then we have to figure out what do we do with it. And when we figure out what to do with it, our J's have a preference for you know, making a de- making a decision, getting closure, putting a plan together, and following that plan. You know, very systematic, planful, early starting, scheduling, methodical are words that we might associate with judging the J on the Myers Briggs. The P's perceivers, which is perceiving, is what the P stands for on the Myers Briggs. Might have more of a natural inclination to be a little bit more flexible and spontaneous, so casual. You know, a little open ended. Pressure prompted with regards to they don't necessarily have to get closure for the sake of closure. It's usually a deadline that's going to drive them to have to, you know, move to closure. Okay, being spontaneous and just letting things emerge, a little bit more emergent in how they go about responding to implementing what they think they um, may want to do. Uh, Jenny and um, Valerie, your thoughts on leaders that have a preference for J and P. What might be some of the benefits or challenges? Mm-hmm. Judging is sometimes a challenge um, when the, the, um, the leader wants open and close, so he sometimes misinformation that could influence the decision. Give me the facts. Mm-hmm. What do we need? So Let's maybe, get it done. Maybe moving a little too fast yes. to allow others to have input. Right. Ah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 then you you miss out on some vital information or something that can impact, affect the decision you would make had you listened or allowed time for that information. You know, mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. tend to be a little driven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then how about Jenny? Any th- any more thoughts on the J that you might add? Um. I mean, I think no, the I, is I the think Valerie, you mm-hmm. kind of really spoke about that mm-hmm. from the perspective, and I, I think that I, I'm listening very carefully, and I keep coming back to how important it is to really know a little bit about ourselves. More would be better, mm-hmm. and then again, how we work with others around teams. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and really understanding ourselves in relation to the people and the task we have at hand mm-hmm. and, the, and the mission and the vision that we're driving toward because we want to shift gears as needed. I mean, the beauty in that, Jay, is that they will put a plan together. They will get an early start very often. They will kind of make that to-do list and put the schedule to get together and be methodical, the challenge may be, as Valerie said, are you allowing others to have input in that process? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas P's, on the other hand, the beauty is that they will kind of keep things open and be very flexible and so on and so forth. The challenge may be what, though, in that sense? Mm-hmm. Driving them to a closure, to a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
right, stress everybody out at the at, in the final at the last minute. at the last minute trying to make trying to meet the deadline. Hey, right. So, oh yeah, my goodness. It may not provide enough I'm, structure in I, some way. I'm imagining situations I've been in where I, I've gone from P to J because I couldn't get another perceiver to move. Are you trying to talk about me, Valerie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't pointing at anybody I know on this phone. <laughs> okay. So another thing to think about. So the beauty is the flexibility and the challenge is, you know, when you need to make when you need to see closure, know that you need to get closure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in mm-hmm. in some ways I see the J and the P as an area that um probably, you know, fifty times a day, given the circumstances, I'm really either doing the judging piece as the J or I'm using my preference to be a P. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the dichotomy that flip-flops much more than any of the others in terms mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. personality. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and for myself, even though I am a P, I know what grounds me is being able to... You know, get organized. Organization is real important. Putting a system in place is real important for me to be able to be at my best. So once I get it organized, once I have the details, then I get to go to my world that I love, and that's the intuitive and kind of being in the moment with that P. But I I tend to need to be able to do it within – I have greater freedom to do it with effectiveness if I have some sense of direction and organization around either what I'm going to say and or do. Mm-hmm. Um want to make sure we get at least one question in. Valerie, do you have one you want to ask us from our listening audience? Yes, I have a question from Andrea in California. Uh, her question, or his, is what are some actions I can take to understand my personality and what are some things that would help shape a positive outcome in developing a leadership, mm-hmm. a leader's personality? Okay. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for your question. Valerie or um, Jenny, any thoughts? Um, I would say quickly that I think uh, some work um, on uh, instrument like MBTI or some other that kind of give you, you know, you self-test and it gives you a summary of what your personality might be. That would be one way to start. Mm-hmm. Um and then work from there. I know Jenny has some resources, but I think it goes back to really taking the time to become self-aware, whatever method you use, is to really understand who you are, how you work, what's your style, and how you work in relation to others. Mm-hmm. And yourself, um, Jenny? Yeah, I, I think it it really is about getting to know oneself and you know, we, we tend to know what our triggers are, for example, but we may not really understand it mm-hmm. um, as to how that manifests itself and plays out. And if we take the time to do something, we've just focused on one kind of inventory mm-hmm. that can be helpful, at least at the point that we can read about how we came out. And I've noticed that when I've done this over, you know, after two years, I might be a different kind of character Mm -hmm. in terms of my preferences. So I think we we are so much tied to circumstances and environments that how we, um, within that environment, really use these preferences. Mm -hmm. And these are based, you know, on Jungian kind of theory. So these are archetypes. And um, I, I would, and I have here three, at least three, 
places where you can, our listeners can go and do some free inventory taking. Okay, let's give one them of that. Them, one of the sites, 16personalities.com, is very interactive. You get to kind of slide a ruler across your screen at your computer, and that's 16personalities.com. There is also a site called humanmetrics.com, and then personalitypathways.com. There are also many sites where you can pay to uh, do this kind of inventory and then get feedback from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will add to that list of resources just Googling Linda Barron's work and um, books that she's written on temperament, interaction styles, or cognitive processes tend to be very quick reads, very good for executive level or, or non-executive levels, but just people who want a quick read, understanding of themselves in relation to others in the world around them. So this has been a, a real exciting conversation. I've enjoyed it. It looks like we are out of, town, out of time, I should say. So I uh, want to thank both Valerie and Jenny, for joining me for this conversation today, and I want to thank those who sent in your questions, and all of, all of those in our listening audience, just want to say thank you to each of you for being with us today, and um, please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.